Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke. And we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Well, we've got some awesome news coming from CVent, don't we, Brooke? We sure do. As you may already know, our annual user conference, CVent Connect, is all about bringing people together for incredible live experiences. But even though we're not meeting in person this summer, CVent believes in the power of live. So we're excited to announce CVent Connect Virtual. That's right. This two-day event taking place August 25th through the 26th will give you the opportunity to hear directly from industry leaders, such as CVent CEO and founder Reggie Agarwal, and attend any of our 28 live breakout sessions discussing everything from virtual and hybrid events to safety and security to event marketing and program strategy for when in-person events resume. We'll also be hosting virtual meetups and appointments with both CVent and some of our industry partners. And Cody, you want to know what the best part is? What? It's all at no cost to event and hospitality professionals. What, free? That's amazing. I can't wait for the entire meetings and events community to come together. Make sure to secure your spot today by registering at cvent.com podcast and click on the Cvent Connect banner. I cannot wait. Cvent Connect Virtual is coming to everyone this August 25th through 26th. That's cvent.com slash podcast and click on the Cvent Connect banner to register for free today. Today we have Taylor Bond and Lauren Turner to help us bust the myth that if planners and marketers want to pivot to virtual events, they will have to get all new tech. That's right. I'm sure many of our listeners have felt this exact way. You want to host a virtual event, but it can seem like the Wild West when trying to figure out what technology to use. So Taylor and Lauren actually have some good news, though, that many times you do have the tech you need. Yeah, and if not, they have some great tips and tricks on how to select technology. So let's get to our conversation with Taylor and Lauren. All right, Lauren and Taylor, thank you so much for joining the podcast. But before we get started, can you briefly just tell us a little bit about how you started at Cvent? Yeah. Um, hi, I'll start. <laughs> My name is Taylor Bond. I've actually uh, been at Cvent for four years now. Um, I am a senior event technology analyst here at Cvent. Currently, I'm responsible for really implementing and managing all of our Cvent technology used at our flagship events. Um, and any new event programs that we do roll out. So this has definitely been a really exciting um, and challenging time for me as we sort of onboard um, any new virtual events and we're re-strategizing so many of our programs, um, looking at how our technology is adapted to handle that new strategy. So definitely been an exciting time for me. Um, and my big project right now is Cement Connect Virtual. I'm gonna go ahead and just shout that out from the beginning. Um, I'm overseeing all the event tech for that event too. So super excited to be here um, with my favorite podcast host. Aww. Aww, thank you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lauren? Um, so I joined Steven back in 2012 as a member of our account management team. Back then, I think there were only maybe 20 of us, uh, which is very different from the 200 or so I think that we have now. I actually came to Cvent after working in hotels, and I was serving on the board for the International Association of Conference Centers, established the partnership between IAC and Cvent, and then shortly thereafter joined the Cvent family. So. I spent a few years on the account management team. I worked for a number of years as a product specialist for Crowd Compass, which is our mobile product. And currently, I'm leading our virtual sales efforts. We have a team of nine 
technical sales consultants that are essentially fielding all of our customer questions about how to take events from a physical environment and into a virtual one. So as you might imagine, we've been, we've been fairly busy for the past couple of months here. Oh my gosh. I've worked with you for eight years and I did not know the background about how you got to see that. Which is awesome. <laughs> so Pretty good little nice fun fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and like you said, I mean, technology, the virtual event technology is all anybody can talk about right now. And we're doing this three-part series this week as part of Cvent Virtual Week to kind of bust some of the myths uh, that are out there about virtual events. And today I really want to focus on the whole idea that people think they don't have the technology that they need to actually power a virtual event. So what is the first thing to look at? When you're thinking about all the technology that you need for virtual events, where do you recommend our listeners start? Gosh, that's such a great question. I mean, there's, it's a long-winded one. <laughs> um, I think as event industry professionals, whether you're a planner, you're an event technologist, or just someone who kind of is a stakeholder in the events industry, uh, your gut reaction always is just to jump in, start executing, problem solve. That is what you do day in and day out, at events, pre-event, whatever. Um, when we're pivoting to a virtual virtual event, um, it, it might be that same instinct to try to sort of just recreate that in-person event, got to kind of get it out, up and going, um, execute it in a virtual manner. We really need to just put the brakes on, take a step back and evaluate the goals of the event that you are trying to pivot just before you actually start diving into execution. Um, ultimately, this is a reimagining of your event. You are not starting from scratch necessarily. I know there is that feeling of dread with that, um, but you're really reimagining and creating a different iteration of that event you were originally planning. Um, and ultimately your attendees, you uh, should get the same things out of that event. Um, the planning team should be able to report on the success of the event with data, proving that ROI and anything else that you would be able to with the in-person event. So those outcomes should be the same. Um, once you have those goals identified, you can start looking into the tech that you will need to perform this event. Obviously, being a virtual event, it's going to be pretty tech heavy. Um, I recommend that you take a look internally at your organization first thing. Once you have your goals, kind of look inward, see what your organization already has, um, and see if what you have could accomplish the goals you're looking to accomplish for that virtual event. This is definitely going to involve a lot of collaboration with the other departments at your organization. Some of these departments you, you might not typically work with. It might be your IT department that you're not used to working on uh, for these events. It might be an existing marketing department who produces some webinars. It might be your training team who does client trainings and so on. You can kind of see how the list goes on, but you might want to um, kind of just corral a committee of folks together from these different teams to ideate and collaborate. Just start from square run, see what you already have, see if those tools will essentially work for what you're trying to get out of your event. Um, and ultimately, like I mentioned earlier, you just need to ensure that you're gonna be able to get the data out of that system or group of systems. You need to make sure you're able to compare the success of this new virtual event to the success of the, your in-person events. Um, it's actually, a, it's really important to be able to compare the two side by side. So as you're assessing providers, whether you already own them or you're sourcing them externally, I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, make sure you're understanding the full capabilities and be laser focused in on what you're looking to get out of them. Um, again, make sure you're comparing side by side those virtual events and your in-person events. 
I also imagine planners have a very specific tech stack that they've used for years when crafting their in-person events. But now that we're largely changing to virtual, what should they do to branch out into new options? Yeah, so, I mean, to be honest, they may already have technology that could help that they, they don't realize if they're just kind of thinking through if their organization hosts any sort of virtual meetings just internally to meet with one another, whatever that platform is can probably be used. Maybe they need like an extended or an upgraded license to support a larger audience or maybe an external audience, but you could probably lean on that existing technology. Also, at this point, most major event tech vendors are actively making a pivot to support this sort of new normal of virtual events right now. So if they're using any of the kind of big name providers in the market, they probably have some sort of tool set to offer for virtual events. I know Cvent has spun up a number of new partnerships and integrations, different product enhancements in the past couple of months. Um, for example, if they already had even like a mobile app, for example, that they had planned to use for an in-person event, most of those, if they didn't already, they will now offer a web component and that could be used on a desktop by a virtual attendee. So I think there's some tools that are probably kind of hidden in the technology stack that already exists internally that can probably be pivoted to help with this reimagining of events, as Taylor called it. Yeah, that's a really good point, right? Like you probably own a lot of technologies, but maybe you're not using them all to your full capacity. But what happens if these planners do start digging into the existing technology that, that they have and they find out, nope, this does not meet all of their needs. What, what should they do then? Oh, yeah, there are a lot of options out there and it's definitely not a sort of one size fits all in terms of those different platforms. So Taylor kind of alluded to this, but I would definitely start by creating a list of must have functionality or if you don't even really know where to start within that list then think about the goals and the structure of the event as you would have posted it and kind of how you're starting to pivot that because if you start without any overall direction you may end up kind of spinning your wheels and probably sitting on a lot of product demonstrations that you didn't necessarily need to i think one way that we've been breaking it down within cvent that's been really helpful is looking at events by different tiers so kind of starting at the more simplistic tier your tier three events would be something smaller like a webinar or seminar, usually like single track or single speaker events. Um, for these, you really have a lot of options. Anything from like a WebEx or GoToWebinar can support that kind of event. I think with those, probably the key thing to consider would just be bandwidth as if you are starting to get into the thousands of attendees, which is a little bit more common with a virtual event, you might be better off looking at something like a streaming provider versus a webinar tool. And then if you get into kind of the next tier, those tier two events would have been something like maybe a regional conference, training programs, customer appreciation, that kind of a thing. For those, you'll start getting into multiple days, multiple sessions, different personalized schedules for your attendees, networking elements that would have typically happened in person where you need a little bit more flexibility in terms of that virtual meeting platform. Something like Zoom, for example, has the concept of Zoom webinars and Zoom meetings where people can actually interact. So something like that is helpful. And then you'll probably also want a more centralized location to host all of the content. And then if you want to really make it interesting, you can start to incorporate some networking and gamification. I think that's where a lot of these mobile event app providers can start working well in this space, assuming that they offer a web-enabled version of, of the app. And then the tier one events, 
kind of depends on how you approach them. Some customers are really sort of trying to just like pick up that large expo with the trade show floor and multiple tracks and appointments and kind of plop that into a virtual format. And there are some platforms like Entrado that work well here, but even with that sort of copy and paste method, you definitely need to be thoughtful about how you structure this event. You can't necessarily hold a virtual audience's attention for eight straight hours a day. So you may want to think about breaking up the schedule a little bit into smaller sections. We've definitely pared down the agenda quite a bit for Cvent Connect, taking it into a virtual format. Ooh, I'm so glad you brought that up because um, Cvent Connect has been on my mind a lot lately. And this question is probably for Taylor. How are we using Cvent for our Cvent Connect virtual event that's coming up? And you know, what external integrations are we using, like other components for general sessions, for example? Oh, Cvent Connect Virtual has been on my mind a little bit too. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> gearing up for that. And I know this question has been uh, probably asked to me 20 times a day. Um, a couple of things I want to share and, and kind of point out is it is okay to use different types of technologies to host an event like Cvent Connect Virtual. Um, to Lauren's point earlier, it is one of those tier one events. It has a lot of different components, multiple days, that type of thing. Um, and furthermore, it's okay to have several solutions to get this done. Um, one technology may not solve all of your problems. In fact, it probably won't. Um, and different technologies are gonna help you achieve those various goals. The best way I think about this is kind of the same way as your in-person events. You might have a trade show vendor, a general session provider, an AV company. You're gonna have your actual venue that you're working with and then so on and so forth. And then you, then you get into your actual registration providers and your attendee tracking, all that good stuff. Um, we're looking at that same thing with our virtual events and we are certainly in the same boat as all of you event professionals out there for our flagship event, Cvent Connect Virtual. Um, we are excited to be using and showcasing Cvent technology, obviously. Um, we'll actually be showcasing um, and, and using a new platform that will really take that attendee experience to the next level. Um, we are thrilled. We are super excited to be doing this and we're really excited for our attendees to experience it. More to come on that. I can't give away too much information, but um, we are excited and it's definitely something you'll want to, um, you'll definitely want to experience. And then Cody, I think you mentioned the like video provider or the, some of the other components. We have definitely been exploring and, and researching a ton of options here. The good news about using our own CMAP platform for the attendee experience is that it will be one consistent attendee experience, um, regardless of, of the, the video player there. So more to come, get excited. Um, we are definitely in the weeds with planning and everything like that. So um, we're excited to have you guys. This is awesome. Between the two of you, just a wealth of knowledge on virtual events. I mean, it truly is amazing, you know, what we've been able to do over the past couple of months. I mean, it's been all about virtual, like we've been saying, but we also know that in-person events could be around the corner. And so now the conversation is really kind of moving to how do virtual and in-person events work together in that kind of hybrid event? And how should we look at technology in that way? So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, from a marketing perspective, I'm always looking at the data. And if it's segmented in two separate places, it makes that really hard. So what are some of the benefits, like the data, of having all of that technology in the same place? Yeah, there's definitely a few key benefits worth mentioning here. And I think we can start with the data being one of the first 
first ones to address having that one centralized location kind of system of record to compare everything is going to be really valuable in terms of offering visibility, especially I think for a lot of planners at this point, this sort of virtual event space is kind of a new, um, a new foray for them. So being able to compare that 2020 versus maybe 2019 physical event data will be really valuable. And I think some planners may actually be pleasantly surprised to compare and contrast and see things like maybe potentially an increase in leads because you've extended the reach of the event a little bit or um, maybe even an increase in your return on the investment from events that you've attended as a sponsor because the cost to attend those virtual events kind of attending in quotes um, so to speak are, are much lower and then i think the other thing and taylor and her team are probably experiencing this is i think a lot of people are underestimating the complexity of hosting a virtual event you oh, still yeah. need <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you still really need almost all of the exact same management tools in terms of need a website, marketing tool, registration, speaker, and abstract management tools, a communication platform. And now on top of this, you have to add this kind of entirely new suite of technology that you aren't used to managing to host the event itself. So don't just kind of rush a webinar out the door and call it a day. You definitely want to be thoughtful so that this virtual event makes an impact. And then I think the other thing that I would say is especially for these planners that had summer events, there was really sort of this like scramble to find a virtual event specific tool. But those tools, if, if they're specific to virtual, aren't really gonna provide a whole lot of flexibility. And this is a pretty dynamic climate at this point. So when you get three, six, nine months down the road and that changes and you wanna pivot to a hybrid event or eventually hopefully back to in-person events sooner rather than later, um, you need a platform that can kind of help pivot with you so that you're not having to reinvent the wheel and find a completely different technology every single time you make a slight adjustment to that event strategy. Ooh, that's a really good point. I mean, it is a lot of work to go out there and find new technology and you don't want to have to, like to your point, have to reinvent the wheel every single time. So while people are out there looking at other technology, what are some of the things they should be considering? Yeah, so I, Lauren and I mentioned this earlier, just make sure you know those goals and make sure you're staying true to them throughout. Um, always make sure you're working towards sort of that North Star and keeping in mind the data story. Make sure this, there's a story to be told with your data. Keep in mind your ROI reporting and ultimately um, having good cross-event data is going to be so important um, that can be used year over year. Just because this year is different because we're moving to virtual does not mean that it doesn't fit in with your event program and your goals of, the, of your event and your organization um, moreover. Just because you are not hosting an event at a physical venue, there's not physical breakout rooms, there's not food and beverage, all that good stuff, doesn't mean you cannot and should not still be capturing attendance, time spent in certain sessions, sponsor page views, and so on. You can kind of match up the data points from virtual to in-person. Uh, in and if anything, this data really becomes, I think, even more important because you will probably have a lot more attendance um, at, at these virtual events you so it really becomes critical to track those those engagements someone who attends one break maybe your ceo breakout session versus someone who attends a session and clicks on uh, one of your product videos those become even more qualifying pieces of data that you want to follow up on um, obviously you don't have the, the luxury of sort of the face-to-face -face interaction uh, another thing you're going to want to keep in mind is the attendee experience. We've talked about sort of the back end from the planner perspective and the organization, but 
you as the event professionals, the planner, whatever the case is, you know your audience best. So be aware of that. Know that this will definitely be a new experience for your attendees interacting with your event online. They're going to be consuming content in a completely different lens. They're going to be networking differently, et cetera, it's all in front of a screen, possibly at their house with their kids running around in the background or their, their pets making noise. So if you have an audience, maybe that generally needs a bit more handholding. I know that that comes up a lot with some of our customers. Maybe they need um, more advanced engagement. Make sure that your tech that you're looking at addresses and acknowledges that those sort of those needs. Um, another kind of tidbit, which at this point I think goes without saying, make sure that the technology company that you're exploring has a history of doing virtual events successfully. We all know this is a brand new sort of concept of pivoting to virtual and doing everything virtual, but make sure that the company you're choosing is acting as sort of a consultant, not just a provider. Um, they should be providing you value beyond just the technology and data. They should work with you, share best practices, and ultimately be making suggestions that benefit your event and working with you and working towards those goals. So I think those are sort of pieces that are not just getting the technology pieces that you need, but kind of making sure that it's a, a consultant and a partner with you. I think that's a great point. There's just one thing that I would add there is I think we've seen this with our own events and customer events as well is anticipate likely a much higher attendance than you would have had for your in-person event and make sure that whatever platform you select can scale to support that because the last thing that you want to have to do is actually turn away these valuable registrants and attendees just because whichever platform you ultimately selected can't support that volume on whatever streaming or webcasting service that provides. Ooh, those are some really good points talking about scaling for a larger audience. And I also love what Taylor said about when you're choosing a provider, make sure that you find one that has a history of running virtual events. Uh, that's probably your best bet to avoiding some kind of inevitable tech troubles. But you know, even with in-person events, I don't think I've ever been to one where it goes 100% smoothly without any tech troubles. What can our event professionals do to prepare for those tech troubles? Run around and scream. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> first, I think it is really important to remember that it is technology and things will happen. Um, that's part of the fun, right? Um, we've, we've already been seeing this with everyday things in our current world like the person on the news being interviewed and the chat pops up from zoom and it's fine it's super pixelated or whatever the case is the person drops off the zoom whatever the case is this is happening on our news this is happening every every kind of moment people are used to this at this point um people kind of know this about technology we know it's not perfect that being said uh being the responsible event logistics planners we can be prepared for these sort of things to happen and it's really it's actually critical for the virtual events lauren mentioned this earlier you don't want someone to just like walk away and and give up on the event you want them to stay engaged and you almost want to make it hard for them to leave not the other way around um we've, we've seen this before i think it's all it's happened to all of us probably where you've made one or two attempts uh, logging into a system or refreshing a screen and you're just going to leave um, so one thing that on the CVent side, our meetings and events team, uh, we've come up with is having a virtual war room of sorts where it's kind of a safe space where all of our stakeholders and, and people who are working on the event come into a group message. We use Slack, um, but it could be really any group message system that you guys have, but everyone's in that channel or group where you have immediate 
urgent access to all of each other. You have your, you have your event technology person, you have your lead planner, you have all the folks that would need to be um, get got a hold of. So we can report issues, we can resolve them immediately, essentially, and it's all in one place. So we can say, okay, there was an issue with XYZ, and then someone can say, yep, it's, it's fixed. Um, so that's been really helpful for us. We use this leading up to the event, obviously, we use it during the event, that's probably the most like urgent SOS time. And then we even use it after the event for reporting and kind of compiling all of our thoughts. Another really important thing, and this sounds obvious, but uh, with virtual events is like, just testing, 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 um, just like you would do a dry run or a rehearsal for your in person event, you're going to want to test for your virtual event too. Um, but you're going to want to test everything end to end. So everything from pre event registration, logging into that virtual provider or whatever the case is to watching content, maybe submitting some questions or polling, depending on the engagement types of tech that you are using, and then even completing that feedback survey at the end of the event. You want to test that. Um, and I, we actually always do a thing where we'll get other folks from our organization, maybe not even in our event planning team to help out with this, get some fresh eyes on everything and, and get those things that, yes, you have been staring at this system for probably months leading up to the event. Um, get, getting those fresh set of eyes will sort of um, get a fresh perspective and catch things that you might not have, have caught. Um, and then lastly, I think having a backup plan is always a great thing. No one wants to think about things failing or going wrong, but as event professionals, we know it is the smart and realistic thing to do. The show must go on, as they say, um, and this remains the same with virtual events. So be prepared, have a backup plan, and, and kind of go with the flow. And those are all really, really good points. And I think test, test, test is such a huge, huge thing that people should really be taking away. But if you had to leave one other takeaway or piece of advice to squash the myth of, I don't have the technology I need, what would that be? Yeah, I mean, I would say, obviously, I know people are missing human interaction and want to start hosting their large in-person events again. But I think my biggest piece of advice would be just don't just cancel your events. There are some real perks to hosting virtual events. And I think we've talked about how the process of executing them might be a little more simplistic than, than you think um, in terms of finding that technology. And there are some real perks there that you actually get with a digital or virtual event that you wouldn't have in person in terms of extending your reach and kind of increasing those registration numbers. It's actually easier to get more visibility into additional data because all of the interactions are digital. So they're tracked a little bit more easily. Um, and generally you can host these events pretty cost effectively. So I know it's a big sort of pivot, but I would encourage planners to really embrace virtual for the time being and just use it as an opportunity to maybe shake things up a little for their events. It's a really good tip. And most likely virtual is not going to go away anytime soon. So it's probably good for, for people to get, get used to using that technology and hosting those types of events. Um, speaking of hosting those types of events, Taylor, anything you want to promote or share with our listeners? Oh, you know I do. Um, I called it out earlier, but Cement Connect Virtual is open for registration. Like I mentioned, we are we are so excited, and to Lauren's point, we are we're excited to actually sort of be taking this on as a new adventure and kind of leading the industry in in what virtual events can look like. Um, I promise you guys will not want to miss it. We are stoked. The whole company is kind of gearing up, and registration is open. Like I mentioned, um, if you hop on over to CeventConnect.com/virtual. Um, grab more information, go ahead and register with our quick registration process, and we are 
so excited to see everyone in August. That's awesome. We will be there. Yep. And thank you guys both so much for joining us today. This was great information. I'm sure our audience will get a lot out of it. And for all of our listeners, we will also put a link to Cvent Connect Virtual on our podcast page at cvent.com slash podcast. Wow, what a great conversation with Taylor and Lauren. It's so interesting to hear how to review the tech you already own when pivoting to virtual, but also keeping the long-term vision in mind. We know hybrid events are around the corner, so making sure your tech will work for both. Yeah, it was really interesting to hear about the benefits of using one single platform for all event types, whether in-person, virtual, or hybrid. And for our listeners, come join us at Cvent Connect Virtual August 25th through August 26th. Yep, it's free, and we'll have lots of information about how to support virtual, in-person, and hybrid events. I know I'm looking forward to it, so if you want to register, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast and click on the Cvent Connect virtual ad, and we hope to see you there. And before you know it, you'll have another great episode, so we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.